Hey everyone, welcome to Peer Hustle Podcast. This is Mike. And Orlando. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. We're really excited. We're on episode six. Episode six, and yeah. so we're moving along. It's been good so far. How do you think the reselling has been going so far for you? Oh, it's been going really good. You know, um, it, it's it's to the point now where I've got a lot of friends like asking about it. And, and you know, I, I don't feel like I've been talking about it like super openly to people, but like people have heard about the podcast and they've been asking like, you know, how's it going? And it's crazy. I just show them my phone, like, look how much money I've made, right? And so people are interested. Like, people are, you are serious seeing, though. Like, are they interested? No, like, they're interested. They're asking questions, okay. and and it's 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 been you know pretty awesome. So shout out to you guys out there. You know who you are, for uh, you know doing this. It's awesome. So it's funny you say that because you know I've been doing this for years, and whenever people ask me, like, they think it's cool for like about thirty seconds, and then when I really start getting into it, it just. It's done. Do you think it's like, do you think it's the the amount of work that's involved, or why do you think that is? Either it's me, which could be true, or it's just people just don't believe it. You know, think about how long had I have been uh, how long have I been bugging about eBay? Probably like two years. Probably like the two years, the first two years that I knew you. You know, you would mention it, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's awesome. I sold some stuff back in the day," and then like that was the extent of our conversations. So yeah, I, I definitely didn't jump in, and, and part of it was. You know, I don't know if it was fear on my part that that it was going to be too much work or, um, you know, I'm already busy enough. And and that's that's the thing is, is if you're busy, if you're already doing a lot of things, um, if you're not willing to, to devote some time to this, you, you're not going to make a lot of money. Right. It's it's not a get rich quick scheme. Uh, but as I realized, like, OK, it is work, but, you know, it's not so much work that it's impossible. Right. Like I can go spend a couple hours at a thrift store. I can go Saturday mornings, do some garage selling. And there's money to be made. So it's been going yeah. good. So tell me, you talked about last time you were looking for a garage. Not garage sales. Actually, that was me. You were looking forward to listing. So did listing. you actually put in the work and get some listing done? I got quite a few things listed. I still have way too many things to list, though. I probably have, like, another 30 items left to list. And Do you know what of, those are called? It, you, you mentioned death pile, right? Yes. Death, yeah, I, I have some death piles. My, my strategy at this point is every time I go out and I buy stuff, um, I list it the same day. And I, luckily, I haven't had so many things. Like if I if I pulled in like 30 items in one day, probably wouldn't you know be willing to do that. Uh, but you know, when I get four or five items, I'm listing them. And then I try and pull one or two things out of the death pile and list those at the same time. So what do you think is holding you back from just listing those other 30? You know, part of it's just family life, right? Like uh, I'm right now, I'm, you know, I'm a teacher. So I've got the summer off, which has been great. It's been allowing me to do this, but I'm watching my son. Uh, and so I kind of have to wait until he's taking a nap because, you know, he's crawling around and takes a lot of attention. And, and so I'm, I'm watching him, I'm trying to take care of him. Uh, and so in between feedings and diaper changes and, and like that, that moment where he's like, all right, he's going to be sleeping for an hour, go set up my, you know, my little whiteboard and everything for taking pictures. And then by the time I get it set up and take, you know, a few pictures and list two items, he's up from his nap. Right. So, um, and then my wife gets home from work and I just want to spend time with her. And so there's just this like, Trying to find that time, it's been a little difficult, for sure. I hear you. But you've built about, i say, 50 items? Yeah, my store's got, like, about 50 items in it, and I've sold about 50, like, 40 items, somewhere around there. So That's good. Yeah. And that's over the last two months? Yep, two months, under 60 days. Nice. Yeah. And you, you, you feel like you're still making profit, you're still moving along? Yeah, you know, there's been, those first few weeks, I had, like, some really big return on investment items, like, maybe got my hopes up a little too much, right? Like some items where it's like pay $4, get 110, pay $2, get 50. And I've been a little bit more consistent with like, you pay $10, 
I make $10, right? So there's been a lot more uh, frequent sales of smaller items, um, which is good. Like I need that money constantly coming in with just the occasional big finds. So, okay. So you're not discouraged at all. No, not discouraged. I I feel I've got a few big, big ticket items that are just waiting to find that right buyer. Right. Big ticket items. Big ticket items. That's that's what I'm labeling them. All right. Yeah. I believe you. The Macintosh hat. Hey, if you're, if you're an Apple fan out there, I am not an Apple fan or I would keep it. If you are an Apple fan, I've got a vintage Macintosh hat. You Check know we're not out. doing this podcast to sell our items, right? No, I'm just saying. Like okay, I've got I'm big just, ticket just items. It out there. Just, you know. we're, we're trying to help people, not help ourselves. But if you're a Macintosh fan and you're looking for a hat, I am helping that's you. That's true. It is a pretty sweet hat, though. I, I will say that that's that's going to sell. And maybe I should just make this bet right now. I I will bet you breakfast that it will sell globally. You think so? I think it'll sell globally, and I will say that it will sell for more than, uh, let's say, more than $50 globally. It's going to sell for more than that because the comps are going for, like, 90 Okay, but I'm so, telling you it's going to be global. Global. All right. So, so we'll see. Tune in a few episodes from now, and we'll see if that happens. Oh, that'd be awesome. What about you? You were interested in uh, going out and hitting up some garage sales. How's that going for you? Uh, you know, it, it's been hard. I will say it's it's not like it used to be, and maybe it's because it's the summer. It's really hot out here in San Diego. I mean, today it's 98 degrees, which isn't terrible. It's not like Arizona, but it's like humid. Humid, yeah. Right? And in San Diego, like, we can't stand humidity. Yeah. And I think people, like, they just don't want to do garage sales. So it's been hard. You know, I've had to do the whole planning out the route, mm. finding 20 locations. And I'm more of a fan of the big community garage sales mm. where you can hit, like, 30 or 40 really quick within an hour, hour and a half. This one, you have to drive and you have to drive. But if you see seen on Instagram, there's still things that we're, that I'm finding. Yep. You know, so I'm okay with it. I'm just still waiting for that, you know, magical weekend where I have to actually, you know, turn around and say, I can't go anymore. Mm. Like there's no more room in the car. Or I go home, drop everything off and hit more garage Get back sales. out there, yeah. That just hasn't happened. So who knows? Maybe next few weeks. I definitely know that there's like another round coming in October. Mm. Okay. So I was going to ask you that because, you know, I've always been a fan of garage sales growing up. Um, I typically didn't drive to them just if they were in my neighborhood and I could walk to a garage sale as a kid. I love being able to look at, you know, stuff that was super cheap toys and things like that. Um, but I always kind of just assumed just a summer thing. So I know depending on where you are in the country, I'm sure it is, you know, specific times. But what about here in San Diego? What is the garage sale well, I'm not an expert on this. I will say, in my experience, usually around April through the end of May, a little bit into June, and then it kicks up again end of September into October, maybe the first week of November. Mm. Those are like the prime time garage sales. Okay. As far as a big community, you know, semi-annual, 50 homes, that's when those opportunities arise. But... I don't know, because I've seen some neighborhoods where I remember going to those neighborhoods and it was like the Disneyland of garage sales. Mm. Everywhere something was happening. And I've gone to a couple of those and it's just not the same. Mm. So thank goodness there's thrift stores. Yeah. What what do you think that is with the garage sales? Is it just um, always hit or miss and, and sometimes you're getting, sometimes you're not? Or do you think that garage sales in general are starting to die out or... I don't think the people who do garage sales maybe have already sold all their stuff that's worth a lot of money and they now they're just kind of trying to sell the stuff that's left over. I don't know. I just don't know. Hey, you know, there's always stuff out there. Mm. Right. And we're kind of in an 
in a place in the economy where there's so much growth happening mm. that people are just buying new stuff and getting rid of old stuff all the time. I think maybe garage sales will begin possibly to go away if, if the economy takes a downturn. Mm. So let's hope that's not for another few years. But I will say it, it's been interesting. But who knows? Maybe, you know, we're going to end up sometime in September shooting a video going, I can't believe what we ended up with at the end of this garage sales. So you find that garage sales are doing do better when the economy is doing better? I do. Okay. Because then, then people are willing to say, you know what? I need I need that new video game console. Mm. I'm going to get rid of this Nintendo. Or I need a new TV. Or I need a new, you know, whatever, maybe electronic device. Or I need some new clothes. I'm going to go buy them. I have the money. And they're not so worried about it. Yeah. And then they're probably more willing to sell the items they have at a cheaper price, right? They're not, like, needing money to potentially pay a bill. or I mean, they may that may be the case. But um, if the economy is doing well chances are they're not going to be trying to nickel and dime us as they're selling stuff because it's just surplus. And maybe you've experienced this. I find that the wealthier neighborhoods are more willing to give stuff away, mm. right? If you go into a neighborhood that, you know, maybe the socioeconomic level isn't as high or it's not, you know, it's around lower middle class, like people want top dollar mm. for their items, right? And every once in a while you run into people that are trying to get rid of stuff, but they still want to make, you know, return on their investment. Right. They, that's their work. Like, mm. that's all they have. And so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thrift stores, how have they been for you? Uh, thrift stores have been good. You know, the thing with thrift stores, it's you never know. You just don't. You can, you can go in the morning and go to the same store in the evening and mm. still find items. Today, just before this podcast, I put this on, on Insta Story. I stopped in the Goodwill nearby, and I found the Harley vest for 20 bucks, the leather nice. vest. And those, and usually I sell those for about $100. Wow. So who knows, you know? Okay, I'm not going to lie. You've given me, like, a list, and you've talked about them on the show uh, as far as specific brands of, you know, Hawaiian shirts and Harley things. And, like, I, I kind of have, a like, a running list of, like, Orlando bolos, right? And I never find them when I'm at thrift stores. And I'm thinking it's probably just because you're out there buying it all up. I'm always one step ahead of you. Yeah, I think that that has to be what it is. So I need my own niche markets because, you know, I mean, there is plenty of stuff out there. But but I just haven't run into, like, what's the Rain Spooner? Um, uh, Rain Spooner Hawaiian shirts? I haven't seen a single one. I haven't either, though. Okay. So you're not alone. Maybe like, it's just like a dip in in that. You know. It could be. I mean, there was a time I would find those maybe every fourth thrift store. Wow. And now it's like hardly ever. And mm. I think it's because reselling. I think Hawaiian shirts became so big that now the market is flooded. Mm. And what people used to donate now are recognizing, hey, there's some value in this. Gotcha. So that could be it. Now talk to me a little bit about, I want to hear about your Amazon experience. Just because we, we talked so much, I think it was episode two about why eBay. Mm, right. And I know, you know, you had mentioned, you know, you wanted to get into the Amazon game, right? Because I've been doing Amazon mm. and every once in a while I'll show you my numbers. And I always keep saying, hey, Mike, these numbers look great. But you have to remember, like, the ROI is not as great as eBay. Right. So you venture out a little bit into Amazon. And tell me a little bit about your experience. Yeah, you know, it's it's been interesting because... It's, it's a different world, right? I've gotten very comfortable and familiar with eBay, um, with the process. If I go to a store, uh, if I go to a garage sale and I see an item and I know that it sells for, you know, a lot of money and I can buy it for cheap, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. Like, I know there's no problem me selling this on eBay unless it's broken. And, of course, I'm looking at that. Um, Amazon, though, I might be at a garage sale. I've already been at garage sales, thrift stores, and seen 
you know, new items in boxes or, you know, at a, at a retail store that potentially has, you know, things really clearanced. And it's like, wow, this, this is selling high on Amazon. And I'm looking at the item on Amazon and I basically have been restricted from almost everything. Like occasionally I find a product where it's like, oh, I'm not restricted from this. And by the time I buy this item and ship it to Amazon and they take their fees, I'll make a dollar fifty. you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, eBay has definitely been the easier thing. And I know that Amazon... Um, there's a lot of different ways of doing Amazon. You know, the more I research, there's uh, going the wholesale route. There's the private label route. There's the, you know, you're buying stuff at retail stores and trying to flip it. Um, there's all of these different routes and, and some are more preferred uh, or, or looked at as, as, you know, potentially the wrong way of doing it. Uh, but there's a lot of work involved. If you're trying to go private label, if you're trying to wholesale, you've really got to do your research in the market. You've got to know you've got the right product. You've got to do the listing right. And you've got to spend a lot of money on the inventory, and then you just got to cross your fingers and hope that you did got the right product. And it doesn't become a flooded market or that the competition is too fierce or something. So it's definitely a scary place to be. I definitely feel like I'm in the Amazon, right? Like yeah. trying to feel, deal with Amazon. But I haven't lost hope yet. I, I definitely see that there is a place for it. And I think as I'm, I'm willing to make mistakes right now. You know, okay. like I'm willing to test it out, make some mistakes, learn the right way of doing things. Um, and then hopefully Amazon becomes uh, another source of revenue for me. I would say that's important. I kind of didn't really encourage Amazon a lot initially because I really believe, especially for you new sellers, you have to start somewhere. And you have I think eBay is the right place to start as far as e-commerce. Mm. And then when you get into Amazon, you know, you kind of understand the importance of ROI understanding, you know, fees, understanding shipping, understanding your metrics. So when you get to Amazon, you don't want to make those mistakes. Right. Because they're a lot worse. I remember last year, right before Q4, I ended up shipping something out and somebody purchased it thinking that it was a brand new item, even mm. though on the description I had said, like, new, missing box, you know, and whatever mm. it was. And the person left me a negative feedback. And this was under the A through Z guarantee. Mm -hmm. So automatically, the fact that I only had, I think it was like three sales, mm -hmm. it knocked that metric way down. Mm -hmm. I was like below the level to be approved to sell in Q4. And it, it gave me a warning that I was close to being suspended. Oof. And this was October. And I'm like freaking out going, if I am suspended, I am doomed. Mm. And no matter what, I reach out to the customer. I contacted Amazon seller support. I sent them three emails. I put plans of action about how this won't happen again. And I didn't do anything wrong, but I figured from everything I had watched and read that it's best to just admit that you messed up and this is how you're going to correct it. Mm. And in the end, the only thing that fixed it was time. Mm. Over, over 90 days, eventually went away, and I would say by mid-December, I was good, mm. and I never got suspended. Oh, oh, man. And I hear one of the things I'm hearing a lot I'm with scared. Amazon is that sometimes those suspensions are, are permanent. And, I mean, what happens at that point? You've got inventory in the warehouse. It's, do, do you have you go to back pay? to eBay. Do you have to pay to have that stuff shipped back to you? Yeah, you'll or? get it back. It's okay. 50 cents a piece or something like that. Okay. But still, if that's your livelihood, mm. you know, that's a, that's a tough place to be. So, you know, I'm willing to help you with this journey through Amazon. We talked about starting with books. I think that's a, 
easiest kind of place to start mm. and then build from there. But we'll see. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be great. Um, I, I One of the things that I've noticed as I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos on Amazon, uh, there's a lot of really... Um, you know, well-versed people out there in the Amazon world, they know what they're talking about. There's a lot of differing opinions, so it's hard to figure out, like, this person says this, this person says this, that, that says that they're wrong, and then this person says they're wrong. And so what I like about doing it this way, kind of, I don't want to say on my own, because you're, you're helping me and I'm getting help, is hopefully through this process, I can, and we can kind of document uh, the journey of, of not knowing anything about Amazon to knowing, hopefully, a lot and enough about Amazon and so that those who are in that same boat coming in, um, you know, like me that are just learning Amazon or just learning eBay, uh, don't have to feel as pressured with, you know, all of these experts that have different opinions, but can kind of just see organically what it looks like, what the journey looks like. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to see that because, you know, you watch a lot of these YouTubers and you don't get that sense. Mm. Like you get the sense that they started off well right away. They found the right products. Mm. They scaled really fast. And I don't see a lot of people talking about, hey, I went to the store and I scanned 40 items and 38 of them were restricted, mm. right? Because it's a reality. I didn't even know it was that bad. And you have a pro account, right? You yeah, have- yeah. And, and I think at this point, um, it was it's $39.99 for a month, uh, which is the way to go if you're selling more than 40 items. Because if you're selling, you know, just 20 items, you're paying 99 cents per item on, on top of all their other fees. Uh, and I need to do a little bit more research to to figure out if I can still do FPA without the without the pro account. Uh, but with the pro account, I still have a lot of restrictions, and I'm kind of at the place where it's should I downgrade to just the individual account until I get a few more items in the store and sell them a little more. Uh, but I, I was kind of like gung ho, like I'm I'm getting it. Hopefully, this will eliminate some of the the you know gating that Amazon already has, and and it's been difficult to find stuff that's not um, that's not gated, not restricted. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not at a place where I'm ready to try and, and, and do private label yet, you know, so. I don't even know if you ever want to be in that place. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, people have different opinions. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems that, that seems to be the market where it's all or nothing, right? Like you, you can do your research, you you spend a lot of money, you get the the product and it's either it's going to take off and you're going to do really well and you've got a source of income for who knows how long and it's going to make you a lot of money. Or you wasted your entire investment on the inventory and you're just trying to break even if you're lucky, right? So there's a little bit of fear there as opposed to, you know, you're buying established products and you're just selling as a third party on Amazon. I see. To me, that's completely a different and safer route than mm. private label to me. No, but I'm seeing a lot of people talking about that that's a quick way of being suspended, that, that selling items uh, that you purchase at a store. Like, let's say I, I walk into... Uh, a Walmart and I find a product that's clearance, they're getting rid of them for five bucks. They're selling for 40 on Amazon. I buy all of them at that, that Walmart. Uh, some people are saying you can't list it as new. Some people are saying that, that, you know, it, it voids warranties. Like, what are your opinion on that? Oh my, this is becoming an Amazon podcast. Yeah, okay, I, we'll, we'll wrap it up. After we'll wrap it. Yeah. We'll talk about that and we'll, we'll kind of finish. To that. me, if it's new, it's new. Okay. What will happen is if a company does not want you to sell it as new, you'll get an uh, email. Mm. And the email will sound very scary. It'll basically say, you know, you need to end your listing. And we expect you to do this ASAP. It's very nice, but it's still scary. Mm. It's basically, hey, we're going to sue you if you don't take care of this. Right. And then you just end your listing. So that's why you got to be careful. 
I, I find that if you go down the toy route, it's pretty you're, you're pretty safe. Okay. I think once you go into electronics, like I've I received, I think Belkin. I don't know if you're that company. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've contacted me before, and I said, okay, well, I guess I'm done with that. And luckily, I only had like ten items, and it wasn't worth it to me to fight that battle. And it didn't say restricted on Amazon. For no, you? it wasn't restricted. Mm. Uh, what had happened is that they had done a test purchase, so they bought it, and for whatever reason, they didn't like it because the warranty f- was not extended to that customer. Okay. Right, and like, and what must have happened is you had other people that were hoping for this warranty, and for whatever reason, there wasn't record of them purchasing from a store. Gotcha. Uh, I also had one scenario, and we'll end after this one. It was weird. It was these dog collars, and I guess they were they were like a private label, hmm. and I found that at a Goodwill for five dollars, and I I flipped it for fifty. That was a one time thing, hmm. and next thing I know, I get this email, and this company, which I think they were just, you know, they weren't like a big company. They were just a mom and pop organization. Mm. And they had found something that really worked. And they said, we do not want you selling this anymore. If you attempt to move forward, we'll go into litigation. Mm. <laughs> I just said, I'm so sorry. I found this in a thrift store. Won't happen again. And it ended there. Yeah. So, what do you mean it makes sense if, if they think that you're going to potentially be buying the same product from, you know, either their, uh, their source or from a similar source and basically repackaging their item and selling it that well, way? There's that, that would be like pirating, happened. right? Yeah, there's that. And then what's happened too is people will buy it on Amazon and return it to the original manufacturer. Okay. And so those people, they're completely at a loss, mm-hmm. right? If you're a small business, like that'll devastate you. Yeah. So you got to be careful with that. But what I find, you know, I always hear these stories like I randomly was suspended. Mm. I don't believe that to be true. There, there had to have been some kind of reason why you're suspended. Mm. Now, some of you might be angry about that. If you are, please DM us. Let us know your story. We'd love to hear it. But I always believe like there's a reason why companies would do that. Right. So anyways. All right. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk about some current topics. Uh, I don't want to belabor the point. You know, eBay Open's happening right now. eBay Open. T- talk to me about that. So eBay opening is this big opening. eBay Open is this big convention. So eBay hosts, you know, all these resellers. You got to pay. And, and I think next year we're going, okay? Nice. So, you know, whenever the Where, dates Where's the convention at? But this year it's in Las Vegas. So it'll probably be in Las Vegas again next year. Nice. Uh, I, I think it'll be great. It'd be great to meet a lot of you. It'd be great to meet some other resellers. Yeah. I'm sure there's many opportunities to learn. It's it's a lot of networking, though. Mm. And so it's over multiple days. And those of you that are veteran resellers, you're like, why are you talking about this? But I just want to bring it up because right now I just got this sense that I was like in high school, like mm. looking at all these like pictures and videos, kind of like people are like eBay celebrities and uh, I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about that? No, I mean, that sounds awesome. I mean, okay. it's always great to be around people who are like-minded, people okay. who are, you know, have something in common with you, people who understand what it is you do and, and you can, you know, learn from. Um, and, you know, I would imagine if it's, if eBay is kind of helping to throw this, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of benefits there, right? Whether it's seminars, I'm, I'm assuming, or, yeah. or, you know, product or just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they have, but like we just had Comic Con here in San Diego. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, and I've true. wanted to be there oh, ever so since. I, you know. that, that was impossible to get into. <laughs> yeah, can't get into. So I had um, free passes, by the way, years ago. Are you serious? And and I gave them up, and I never got them back. 
That's ridiculous. Anyways, okay. So back to EB. The, the only reason I said that, it, it seemed like people were more there to kind of like showcase themselves. Mm. And and I, I want to make sure that we're all in this community. Like, hey, I'm all about sh- paying respects to those people that have gone before us and are awesome at what they do. But always remember that, like, the reseller community, it, it's a lot of people that aren't, like, big-name celebrities. Right. You know, it's, it's there's some of you out there that are just, you know, you only have 50 or 500 items, right? Or some of you that, you know, you've been done eBay for, like, 20 years and you haven't come up with a YouTube channel mm. or a podcast or a Facebook group. And you still know your stuff. Right. So I, I always want to, you know, make sure that we don't forget about all those people. There right. are some people that I've known that have been doing eBay for a long time that have never shared anything. Mm. You know, and, and there's a reason why some people some people are still kind of opposed to sharing. Right. I get that. But I'm excited about eBay Open. I, I wish I was there. Yeah. I know? mean, it sounds fun. Um, I'm always, I love going to Vegas. You know, it's 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 cheap hotel rooms and pools, right? Like, can't beat that. I've not been to Vegas, I think. Probably in 20 years. It's, you know, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of the stuff that happens in Vegas. Um, but as long as it stays there, it, you, I, don't, I don't think anything stays there, right? Like, okay. it, it, <laughs> it, 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 but anyway, so one of the reasons, like, uh, my wife and I go to Vegas is we can get a round trip um, airplane ticket there with hotel for like four days, and it's like $350 or $400 for the both of us. Like, it's so cheap. So hopefully eBay open, we can get there cheap, you know, not. Have yeah, to as long as we register early. Nice. So now talking about eBay open, you know, there's a there's a lot of things that come out of eBay open. Uh, a lot, one of those things is the new updates. Now, some of these are already on the website and uh, eBay is definitely changing, you know, and they're always changing. And sometimes it's for the, for the good, and sometimes it's, okay, why are we doing this? Okay, I feel totally out of the loop because I don't know anything about any of these updates, and I'm hoping these are good ones. Well, there's a, there's a few. So one thing, and I don't want to belabor the point, there's this thing called inventory optimization. I think I pronounced that right. Did it sound okay? That sounds good. My accent wasn't, like, in the way. No, you're good. Okay. Sound- so basically, they're, they're kind of trying to do, like, Amazon in the sense that any items that are similar, they're going to bunch them together and then based on like reviews of those items and price they're gonna they're gonna kind of put the top ones like one two three four five six you know what i'm talking about i do i'm not sure what i think about that though yeah i I don't know if it's gonna work for what we do right right if you're selling electronics or brand new items i I think it's definitely gonna be a game changer and i think most items sold on ebay are new right from what i gather like that's that's oh that's huge like what we talk about in these podcasts is probably i want to say it's maybe 10 percent of the Mm -hmm. market but it's 10 percent that's fun right right i don't see any big time ebay resellers are like yes i sell a hundred thousand units of headphones Hmm. Like, no one wants to listen to that, right? People want to listen like, hey, I went to this garage. Or maybe I'm wrong. You think I'm wrong? No, I think you're I, – I feel like when I'm buying stuff on Amazon, and part of it is I, I didn't really know how Amazon worked as far as so many third-party sellers. But when you're buying things like that, I feel like when I'm buying headphones, I feel like I'm buying them from Sony. When I'm buying, you know, my my Samsung phone, I feel like I'm buying it from Samsung. You feel like you're paying a bunch of money to a corporation that's kind of – disconnected from who I am as an individual. Whereas what I've kind of enjoyed about eBay and selling stuff like this is I almost feel like, you know, when you're buying or selling things, at least in in the used market, 
it's like individuals. It's not some big corporation yeah. that that is doesn't really care that they're just looking at metrics in the millions and not in you know, hey, I sold I bought this item for four dollars, sold it for a hundred. And I feel like that's part of the excitement in what we do. And I think I think what the way we need to look at this is, is unless you're selling new products, which some people do, I wouldn't stress off of it. I, I, you it know, shouldn't change what we're doing. There's no way they're going to put all these rain spooner shirts that are used together mm. and then make you, well, hopefully make you find like some UPC label, mm. right? And then rank them based on price and quality. I, I just don't think so. I but think. Do you think it'll put more emphasis on new items? Like, are they trying to beat Amazon in that way where if I type in, you know, Hawaiian shirt, it's going to primarily be just new in boxes if I'm buying from Walmart online. Maybe. That could be. I will say people still will go to eBay for those vintage items. Mm. I think that's that's the one thing that a lot of people are missing in this conversation, that, like, yes, Amazon is taking over. Unless Amazon begins to be comfortable with selling news items, eBay is going to be the place to be. Mm. So I still believe there's going to be a thriving economy in eBay. That's that's still gonna be happening, and so I hope so. I'm just getting started in this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. This is my full time job. <laughs> uh, the other item that they're discussing uh, is selling metrics. They're gonna give you more information, and this I thought was interesting. So they're gonna give you metrics as to why people make requests after the sale, right? So it's a, tell me about your return. Remember you had that return? Yeah. So my first one ever, which um, I I guess is a good thing and a bad thing, right? Um, so I last not last episode, but our last update episode, I talked about the uh, binoculars that somebody was like trying to steal out yeah. of my hands. There was like six of them. I got two and he got four. Um, so I sold both sets of binoculars almost immediately. Like the same week I put them up, they were gone. And they sold for a pretty decent price. Um, and and to be honest, I don't I'm not an expert in binoculars. You know, you try and do some research on the items that you have and and they both seem to work just fine for me. Uh, one of the customers extremely happy with the binoculars that he got. Uh, another customer got him and um, messaged me back and said, "Hey, I got these binoculars. Uh, Open them up from the packaging, and something was wrong with the focusing unit on the inside." He said it doesn't work right. Um, the way he worded the message was basically they were shipped this way, so not he, he's not blaming it on the shipping. He thinks that it was just a, a, a defective product, which it very well could have been. Right? Like I, I don't okay. know. I, I it seemed to work fine for me. Um, but again, I'm not an expert, you know, just like, you know, a photographer might know a little bit more about something not working on a camera as opposed to someone who's just, yeah, it takes a picture. It works. Right. So, um, I, I put in there working condition, uh, it works. And he basically said like with the defect it has, it doesn't work. So, um, he, his message is, is, it was nice, but it was basically, I'm going to mail it back to you and then you can decide whether or not to refund me. Uh, well, I have no interest. I have no interest in all in selling something that's defective. And clearly, this guy knows more about binoculars than I do. Um, so I'm taking his word for it. Um, and so he messages me this, and I immediately respond, um, "Don't worry about sending them back to me. Just go ahead and keep them, throw them away, donate them, whatever you want to do with them, fix them if you can. Um, I'll refund you." All right. So there was not a, a specific request made in eBay. It was just, you know, I I just went on to PayPal and hit you know refund and refunded the whole amount. Uh, and I haven't heard anything back, and it's been a few days since that has happened. Uh, but did I do that right? Like, should I have, like, gone through eBay channel a little differently? Or You probably should have. I, the way I would have handled it would have been I would have sent them a message back. 
I would have found the link on on Google, I would have Googled, you know, eBay returns and found the eBay link about how to process a return if you're a buyer. And I would have said, hey, no problem. I'll take back the item for a full refund. Here's a link to how to go about that process. Mm. And then what would have happened is you would have received a message that said, you know, buyer is requesting a return. And then from there, you could have taken care of all of it. Okay. So what it kept Because what can happen now, and, and it's not going to happen, is, you know, they could, they could say, hey, you know... Um, they can say whatever because there's no there's no communication about you right away being willing to handle it except for the messaging. Right. If it's through the return process, there's a case that eBay can pursue and follow. But I wouldn't stress about it. You handled it well. Yeah, I I, I definitely can see that. Like I, I would it it would probably be much safer for it to have gone through so there would be a better paper trail. Uh, but if it ever came down to it and I was left, you know, bad feedback, I, I, I definitely think I could still fight that because, one, I have the messages inside the eBay system. Two, I have the confirmation of PayPal, the refund, within an hour of him sending the message, you know. So um, I, I feel like I'm covered. I've covered my bases on that. I did everything I could to try and make the situation right. How do they ship it back? Did you provide a label? Did they go to the post No, office? I. The, he was just I, – I just assumed he was going to just – packing in a box so he was going to end up paying for the shipping back which is one of the reasons i was like don't don't even worry about it well this is what i'm saying within the ebay system if you had set it up where here's the link is how to process Mm. return there would have been a way that they could print a label that would automatically have uploaded that tracking and send it back to you gotcha you know so let's say you refunded them and you asked for the item back and they never send the item now you open a case against them yeah and then who knows where that goes gotcha We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Another one that I could be a little off on, um, and this has happened to me about three times now, uh, and I haven't like opened any cases or anything just because it doesn't really seem worth it, but there has been about three times now where somebody has sent me an offer, I've accepted the offer, and then like, they didn't pay. Like, well, I've had one where someone just didn't pay at all, and, and I did oh, open a case for that. But I've had like three people say, "Hey, thanks for uh, like selling this to me, but I found a better deal. Sorry." Right, and that I had this sixty dollars sale, um, so it was like a big profit for me because I bought the item for like five dollars. And the person did this as I'm like packaging it, it's ready to ship, and he's like, "Oh, found a better deal. Thanks. Sorry." And so I just, well, and then cancel the order, buy requested cancel. Yeah, make sure you always click buy requested cancel. Because if you do the other ones, it's going to go against your metrics. Okay. Now, do I have to do anything else as far to get the, um, like, final listing feedback? Or does that just automatically? If it's the buyer one, it'll it'll come back to you. Okay. So, and those are terrible, but. There's not much you can do with it. I, I mean, I had two today. So I totally get it. I had a Pokemon plush that sold today, and I was like, yes, get it out of storage. And then for a reason, they wanted to cancel the order. Now, do you are you required? I mean, I know it's good customer service. I think I always would. But technically, are you required to cancel it? Or can you just say, like, no, pay me, and then open a customer, you know, not paying? eBay will side with the buyer. Okay. I wouldn't even touch it. Now, legally, it's a binding contract. Right. And if you wanted to go to litigation, maybe you could. But do you really want to go down that road? Yeah, not for not for a few dollars. No, nah, I wouldn't do sure. that. Now, I'll share with you a quick story on returns. I know we're still talking about these seller updates. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody, we're still talking about these free returns. And I, I posted this on Insta. And I don't think a lot of people saw the, the connection maybe, but I had these pair of Skechers. Okay. Brand new Skechers that I sold. I sent them out. I get a message two weeks later saying, 
the soul fell out from these. And I'm like, what? Like, this is impossible. Like, mm. I can understand if they're used, but these were brand new. So I said, hey, please send me pictures. I just want to take a look. Refunding you will not be a problem once you return it. So he sent me pictures, and it looks pretty bad. Mm. I mean, this soul literally, like, came off the shoe. So, you know, I have free return set because I'm trying to keep my top-rated seller mm. top status. And they got the label. Well, three days later, no, not three days later, probably a week later. No, no, sorry. I keep going back and forth. Three days. It is three days later. They sent me a message like, hey, I appreciate you uh, accepting my return. I'm currently in Israel. And if could you send me a label for me to be able to ship it from Israel? Holy smokes. <laughs> and, and this was a purchase that was made in California, yeah. by the way. So I'm like, What? This is a scam. Like, yeah. this cannot be real. So they said, hey, please let us know if if this is okay. Just waiting for your authorization. So in those kind of situations, I just called eBay right away. So right. I called eBay, and they actually had until today to ship the item back to me. Mm. So I, I did the silent treatment. I didn't respond. Remember we talked about yeah. that last time? Yeah. Scavenger life. That's their thing. But we adopted it for our own business. And... I called eBay actually today and yesterday. Yesterday, I called them. I said, hey, here's the scenario. Here's what happened. What do you think I should do? And eBay said, this is funny because we're so very much customer oriented. And right. eBay said, just wait till tomorrow. If they don't send it, if there's no, you know, any kind of evidence that they shipped it or shipping it back to you, just wait until tomorrow. Call us and we'll close the case and you're done. Nice. And I was like, really? I said, are you sure? I'm not going to get any negative feedback or you won't open a case against me. They said, no. I mean, you could message them and you can figure it out. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. So then I got another message from them saying, well, okay, we'll send it back to you from California, but can you wait till August 1st? Mm -hmm. Okay. So right now it's what, July 23rd today? Yep. And so I called the eBay today. And I said, you know, this never got sent out. They requested it till August 1st. Where do you think this is going to go? And they said, well, you have two options. You could leave it open and, and say, hey, no problem. You can send it. Or we can close the case for you right now and you're done with it. And I said, really? So I'm not going to get any negative feedback. You're not going to open another case. I said, nope. That's our policy. This was the window of time. And we'll take care of you. So I said, Okay go down the road. I didn't want to lose 70 bucks either. Yeah. I mean, but if you think about it, that's, I mean, that's how any, our most retail places work too. You go buy something from, you know, a store, they typically have, I mean, stores vary, but 30 day return policy, 60 day return policy. And you only have a certain amount of time. Some items it's less, right? Um, my wife and I bought a air mattress from Walmart and it very clearly in the Walmart aisle said air mattresses have a 14 day return policy, right? So, you know, it kind of makes sense that eBay would have a certain amount of time that they say, like, within this time frame, the customer and you have to resolve it. Otherwise, you're not at fault because I mean, you can't be expected to return something years later. I mean, what Costco does that, right? Like, that's like the only place I know that you can you can return something like three years later uh, broken and they'll take it back. No questions asked. Right. Yeah, true, I know true, people true. who do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I've done it. OK, what, but they're good with it. What, what did you return? I've returned I what, the latest thing I returned. Oh man, do I even want to share this? 
This is, okay, so one was, I think it was a stereo that I had maybe for, I don't know, say seven years, and something stopped working. Now, this was before they put in that 90-day concierge thing. Mm. So I, I remember going in, a piece wasn't working, they said, no problem, we'll fully refund you. So they tracked it back four years and gave me a full refund. So, But obviously, Costco learned that there were a lot of people trying to scam. I wasn't trying to scam, I just... Right. And some of you might be upset and think I was, but literally something broke. We didn't do anything to it. It just was defective. Mm. But I'm glad eBay doesn't do that. Yeah. I think if eBay was doing that, then we're in a whole nother yeah, mess. No, for sure. I, I'm, I'm good with the 30 days. Yep. 30 days is good. 30 days. All right. Now, is it, here's another item to think about with these metrics. So what they're saying now is if you have too many returns or item not as ascribed, they're going to start charging an additional four percent fee in those categories so the whole category so like correct so on shoes you have too many that are not as described now they're just going to bump that category at four percent for you correct that's what it reads like i'm looking at the website now, right now now does that have to be negative feedback because i have another i'm kind of embarrassed to say this um i don't, I don't want this whole episode to be like mistakes i've made because i don't feel like i some some is going to be my fault some is going to be buyer's fault but i had one where i have positive feedback but the comment that the person left was very negative. Like, I don't really understand it. The The comment was, was it like, like mean. OK, tell me what it was. So the comment said poor shipping or poor packaging. Um, it bent the frame of the, the, the frame of the body. Um, but the feedback was positive. And I know that I, I with this item specifically is the cannon that I talked about in a couple of episodes ago. Um, I know for a fact the toy cannon, the toy cannon. Okay. I I packaged that like. I was proud of that packaging. Like I took a piece of cardboard um, that first I unscrewed or took off the like the the cannon part, the 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 barrel part of the toy cannon because it was a really long thing. So that comes off no problem. I even put in the description that it was going to be shipped like they were going to be apart. And I took a piece of cardboard and I basically made like a separate box that this item went inside of. It was taped. I put bubble wrap around. Like it was really wow. done. It was done nice. But I know that that cannon is kind of flimsy, especially on the sides. Like, you know, it could be bent a little bit. And I'm assuming that when they pulled that box out, they squeeze that cardboard box on the inside and okay. probably squeeze it too tight as they're pulling it out and bent the ends of the... Because I know in shipping, there's no way that that would have happened, right? Like it was... But I got positive feedback, just a negative comment. Like, what's what's the deal with that? Was that just luck on my part that they hit the wrong thing? Yeah, or? maybe. No, I mean, it's... I would just... Not contact the buyer ever again. Yeah. I definitely would put them on the block buyer list. Okay. Okay. So if you go, just Google block eBay buyer, mm. and then it'll show a link and go to it, and you can put, like, their username. I would definitely do that. Yeah, I was going to say, is there something like that even with your shoe thing? Because somebody might find, like, the cheapest item you have and then buy it just to leave you negative. Yeah, I already, they're already blocked. Okay. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going down that road again. Now, I would say it doesn't hurt to call eBay and ask them, is it possible to remove this? Now, they'll, they they most likely will say it's positive feedback. We don't remove positive feedback. Okay. That's my guess because I think I had... But it still of, looks bad on my, you know, if somebody's looking yeah. at all well, my... Well, you can always comment after, mm. I think. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had a... They, usually when you have a negative feedback, and I haven't had any negative feedback, but they... And please don't. <laughs> uh, I've, never, I've never seen anybody when I've seen it on their store site reply in a positive mm. feedback. I've seen it in the negative. Like, you know, somebody says, 
seller, you know, is terrible and never contacted me. And somebody will say, yes, we tried multiple times. So I don't know. It, it doesn't hurt to call eBay. Okay. Just make sure you do the callback because their waiting times right now are like. It's terrible. I've called twice for different things and yeah, on hold for like 30 minutes. And one really bad one. It's kind of a side story. But like I'm feeding my son and like he's about ready to take his nap and he's doing pretty good. I'm on hold. I'm on hold. I'm on hold. And right as they pick up and, and my son almost never cries, but just starts screaming. And I've been on hold for like 45 minutes. And so I'm like, I <laughs> Sorry, can't. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It, it was terrible. There, it was like, I can't. Like, say, hey, sorry, I'll call you back because I'm not going to be on hold that long. So I just tried to take care of my son and let the the lady who was talking to me just listen to him scream the whole time because what do you do? It's been a long whole time. It was pretty bad. So who knows? Maybe maybe it's because of the glitch gate, but I think things are improving there. Okay. All right. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe that'll be overturned. I, I don't see that being successful because in the end, if you have a lot of items not as described, it could be for multiple reasons. Mm. I mean, I always say be honest, be clear, show pictures. But I've had items not as described that were not items not as described. Mm. And there was nothing I could do about it. I just accepted the return and moved on. Uh, and the last one is shipping. Uh, they're going to change the interface, I guess, and it's going to make it smoother. So I like the way it is already. I'm, mm. uh, you know, But we'll see. I mean, I, I look forward to changes. And, you know, we'll see where that goes. And... Who knows what else is coming out? And usually there's some other news that comes out of this, but we'll wait and see. Hopefully all good stuff for us. So talk to me about Hustle of the Week. Hustle of the Week. Um, okay, I got a good one. Okay. Um, I've actually done pretty good at thrift stores. The last couple of weeks at garage sales have not been amazing. I've gotten I've gotten some okay stuff, but not many items, right? Okay. So I went with um, my wife and my son, which was kind of fun to do um, this last weekend, this last Saturday. And I think we picked up three items. Like it wasn't, we didn't pick up very many things, but we found a uh, starter chargers jacket, right? And it looked, I mean, it was nice. Like you could tell on the rack like this, it was interesting because we were at a community garage sale and it was two communities that were like butted up together. One was like a really nice housing track and then it butted up to like an apartment complex, which was still, you know, a decent looking apartment complex. But everybody that was participating in the garage sale was out in like the parking lot of this of this park of this apartment complex. And so I'm going through the stalls and looking at different people's stuff. And most of the stuff was just, it was pretty bad. Like there was nothing good. And I see on this, um, on the, sh- this rack, there was this charger's jacket and I'm thinking how much they're going to ask for this. Right. Cause I had just left a, and you're in San Diego by the way. Yeah. I'm in San Diego. So I just left a, a garage sale where a person was trying to like ask for like $30 for an Aztec's jacket that had stains all over it, right? So I'm like, okay, this... So that was what I was expecting with this charger check. I'm impressed you kept moving forward. I'm I'm not going to buy it, right? So I grabbed this item, and I grabbed another item too, just like to kind of like bundle two things together so it didn't look like I'm just like, ooh, this is the... So I just put a couple things together. I'm like, how much do you want for these? And they're like, two bucks. And there's two items. I'm like, is that $2 each or $2... No, $2 total. Done, right? Like, easy. I, you didn't haggle some more? I, like, how about $1.50? Would you do 25 cents each? Like, it was, like, no-brainer. And I, because I, I kind of looked up comps, and I saw that they were going for, like, $80, $90, and it's not even football season, right? So I'm thinking football season's right around the corner. And they're in Los Angeles, too. Yep. Now, does that going to hurt me, do you think, that it's— uh, No, I still sell Charger stuff. It's huh. crazy. What a trip. 
But hey, I think that's my hustle of the week. I think I didn't have to haggle that hard, which I don't know if it's really a hustle, but I was out there grinding, right? Like looking through all these, you know, you, you start to get disheartened when you go to garage sale after garage sale after garage sale, and it's either just stuff that's kind of terrible or people want too much and you're not going to make your money, right? So yeah. you, you get to the point where you're just like, I just want to go home, right? Like, <laughs> no, I get that. But you got to keep going. Got to keep going. And I found that. I uh, found a couple of other things too, but uh, it was, I, I felt pretty good about that jacket. So yeah, I think that's my hustle of the week. What about you? So I posted this on Instagram because I, I was really happy about the sale. So there's this Cobra Shelby jacket. I don't know if you saw it. I saw that, yeah. And, you know, let me give you the story behind it. So there was this community sale in this neighborhood that isn't the greatest in neighborhoods. And for whatever reason, when I was making my route on Friday night, I didn't pay attention to the street names. Mm. I thought, oh, look, this is awesome. This is in this certain part of town. It's going to be great. And then I remember when I got off the freeway and was driving close to this, I go, wait a second. I've been here before. It's it's been it's just been bad. Mm. And I mean, I've had, you know, every once in a while, my, my, my other friend, Kyle, I, who goes garage chilling with me sometimes, uh, we've gone to this neighborhood and we found some things sometimes. Mm. One time I found two sealed Sony Walkmans. Nice. That somebody was giving. But here's what happened with those Walkmans. The earphones, the little phone pieces were breaking mm. apart. I didn't know. And I sold them and I shipped them out. I sold them for like $300 and then I had to return them. Oh. But then I sold them to another couple who didn't care for 150 Yeah, That's a side note. So I go to this community, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm here. You never know. You just never know. And so I'm going house to house to house, and it's, you know, it's just things that have no value. Mm. You know, people don't want them. It's old clothing. It's tons of baby clothes. Oh, the baby mm. clothes drive me crazy. And, and those of you that are experts in that, a lot of respect for you because I just, it's hard for me. So I go to this one house, and I'm walking up the driveway. It's, it's The house is on a hill, and there's all this clothes just thrown out everywhere, just thrown around, you know, like they didn't care. Mm-hmm. And it's been already an hour into the garage sale, you know, golden hour. You know, it was around, I want to say it's probably 8.05. In San Diego, our golden hour is like 7 a.m. to 9. And so it's like 8.05, and I see this jacket, and it's this... Cobra Shelby jacket. You know, you see the Cobra, like, logo mm-hmm. patch. It's embroidered. And, you know, that looks kind of cool. And I've sold similar items before. And then I look at the tag, and the tag looks vintage. Like, it looks old. It says made in the USA. It's Sherpa-lined. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. I, who knows what this is? And so I asked the lady, I'm like, how much do you want for this? She was like, ah, three bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Wait, you didn't try and haggle down to like? No, because I'm like, this is worth money. <laughs> like, I'm I'm gonna take this and run because my fear in those scenarios and that the owner of the jacket's in the house, and they're like, gonna walk out. And be they're like, gonna walk no, out. No, 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 not that one. Exactly. Yeah. So I just said, sure enough, three bucks, and I, I rolled out in the car. I said, son, get in the car, we're rolling. And we left. <laughs> and I get home and I see comps, and the comps are anywhere from you know fifty bucks to two hundred dollars. Mm. And, and what's my rule of thumb when when I don't know? Got to go do? high. Got to go high. And so I did. So I listed it at one ninety nine ninety nine, and within three weeks, somebody offered me one hundred and fifty dollars, and I took it. Yeah. And I was so pumped about it, and for multiple reasons. One, it was in a neighborhood where I never expected to find this. Two, I got it for so cheap. Right. 
And three, you know, I aimed high and people saw the value because I seen similar jackets go for like 40 bucks. Mm. And somebody paid 150 and they were happy. So I was really pumped about the hustle of the week. I, I got to tell you, jackets, you know, if they're unique jackets, people are looking for them year round. So pick them up. Yeah. I picked up a jacket actually uh, yesterday. What was it? What brand? Yeah. It's a, it's actually got like a Pico trench coat type jacket that's like okay. a cashmere wool. And it's, I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's like Hammersley or something like that. It's a okay. made in England brand. I think I've heard of it. I got it at a thrift store. It was normally $13, I think, but it was their half off tag. So I got it for $6 and comps are going for like 60 Oh, that's it. good. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's a nice it's, not, not, it's another hustle. Bad. Yeah, but uh, you know, part of me is like, do I do I sell? Uh, do I pick up jackets now? And it's like, yeah, long term, right? Like, it might not sell during the summer. And speaking of which, I'm selling a um, a sweater like a Lacosta with a little, you know, what's it called, a little crocodile or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, alligator. And I had one person message me. I don't know if I've already talked about this yet. But a person messaged me and tried to like lowball the offer on the sweater, and I was like, "No, I'm pretty, you know, firm." I I went down a little bit off my original price, but he kept coming back, and like every couple of days, he'd respond with another offer. And he finally messaged me, and he's like, "I don't understand why you won't take this. Who buys sweaters in the summer, anyways?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, apparently you do, right? Like you want this sweater." Um, and and it was probably like a good three weeks. I've been messaging this guy back and forth, and he keeps trying to get this sweater. And Lock finally, him. well, Lock him. he hasn't been mean. Finally, no, but seriously, think about it. You are wasting money. Like time is money. So every time you're interacting with this person that is unwilling to budge on the price, somebody else is going to eventually pick yeah. it up. Well, it, it's almost been a little bit more entertaining than anything. Like this guy's messages, <laughs> like he finally responded back like uh, just a couple of days ago. He's like, uh, thank you for working with me on this. I found another item that was more reasonably priced. And it, it's it's just like laugh, like laughable, right? Like I just kind of cracked up. And he goes, I hope to do business with you in the future. And I'm thinking, sure, right? Wow. But it's just been fun, right? Like it's like every time I get a message, I like I show my wife, like look at the message he sent today. Oh, so it's just been this. crazy. Um, I would imagine if I was getting a lot of those, it'd be overwhelming and, and, and I would probably block them immediately. But more than anything, it was kind of just entertaining. Okay. So, all right. Hey, if you have a hustle of the week, as always, make yeah. sure to let us know. We kind of wanted up. to share our hustles this week just because I was happy about mine. You were happy about yours. It's good. But, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to hearing from many of you. If you want to just direct message us on Instagram. Yeah, the the key though, like what my my vision is that you blast this on Twitter. I mean, definitely put it on on Instagram so we can shout you out. But like put in you a Twitter guy, but I'm an Insta kind of guy. I think they're both great, but like just put in hashtag pure hustle podcast or hashtag pure hustle cast, hashtag hustle of the week, throw that in there, show us what your hustle of the week is, and then we'll like blast it out. Like I'd love to see like 30 of them on there every week where people are just putting and then we can just everyone can see. So even the ones that might not make it onto the show, everyone gets a chance to see like you know these things that are out there that they could be on the yeah, lookout for. Because again, we're trying to help everybody oh. and we we're also looking to learn from everybody all right yeah so uh helping out i mean that's what we really want to do right like we just want to help each other out we want to help you guys out and we hope that you guys can help us out right and we want to learn too yeah. i mean there is so many good resellers out there i mean it's been awesome to have some of them just direct message us too it's been great because i still have a ton to learn 
you have a lot to learn. I mean, we all have a lot to learn. I mean, there's so much out there and so many ways to take advantage of this opportunity. So, yeah, just keep sending us information. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. Uh, speaking of um, helping each other out, what, let's give our uh, our bolos, right? Like what, are, what should uh, our audience be on the lookout for? What should I be on the lookout for uh, this week that you know about? You know, for me, and this is going to sound crazy, okay, but anything that's Christmas that moves. Like cheesy, like Santa Claus, like banging on something yes, in the workshop? Yes, yes. Like, Oh, oh, like I'll give oh. you, I'll just drop a brand like Mr. Christmas. If you see Mr. Christmas stuff and it's working, you should look at the comps. But for the most part, you're gonna make your money on. It. What about like the reindeer that stand in the yard that like their heads move up and down that are like the lights, and... the, the huge ones? Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you want to ship. You ship it, but <laughs> you know, I've always, I've always found luck with with those items. Mm. Uh, there's one thing that I always end up finding. It's uh, and I'll probably post it on on Insta. You know, when we start talking about, hey, please listen to us. Uh, there's these. There's just like this marching band. It's called Santa's Marching Band. It came out in 1999. Uh, it's it's pretty. I think it's cool. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. I, I love Christmas. Mm. And so what it is, it's basically you turn it on and it plays multiple. So you know, it'll play. What are some Christmas songs? I love Christmas, but I can't remember. Jingle bells. It does jingle bells. It'll do a holy night. It'll it'll do all these songs and and it's just cool. And so people think it's junk. Mm. Like it's weird. Like the last one I found was at an estate sale, and it was in the backyard, and it was in a bucket. Like the box in the bucket, all messed up, all dusty, mm. and it was five bucks. I'm like, I am buying that. Nice. I went home, cleaned up the box, tested it, shot a video. By the way, have you done videos in your YouTube? I mean, in your uh, for eBay, eBay listing, I haven't yet. Um, I've I've definitely considered, especially with a few electronic items, like to show exactly how it's working. You know, because you're trying to describe like it spins, but there's a little bit of a wobble, right? And I don't know enough about a record player to know if that's good or bad. So I've definitely considered doing video. Um, I haven't yet, though. I strongly recommend you do it, especially if it's something that moves. There's a website called FlipperTools.com. Mm-hmm. Have I haven't talked to you about that? You haven't. Okay, so check it out. Uh, a guy in there, he has a YouTube converter. I'm trying to find it right now. But you could probably type in, I'm just going to Google it now, live. Uh, but what it does is it takes, like, you'll go to the YouTube website. You'll take the web address. You'll take it to this website that's called the YouTube converter for eBay or something to that effect. I think if you Google it, I think you'll find it. Yep, I just found it. It was the first thing that came up. And you copy and paste the YouTube web address. Uh-huh. And then on the bottom, you'll scroll down and you'll click on make eBay code and it'll give you an HTML code that you could copy and paste into your listing. Into your description and it, like the video shows up? It shows up. Now, back in the day, you used to be able to click on it and it would play it right there on the listing. Mm. Now what it'll do is you'll click on it and it'll take you to the YouTube video. Well, if that's the case, wouldn't it just be better just to have a link? No, because it shows you the picture. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's so people visual. know what the link is. They they know that they're picking up video. Correct. Gotcha. So I've always done this with Mr. Christmas stuff. And I, I don't think there's one Mr. Christmas item I haven't sold within a month or two of, of buying it. Well, you might have a harder time finding them now that everybody knows to be out oh, Just kidding. Yeah, there's tons know, out there. Right? There's tons out there. And I'm telling you, there's, there's a few things. Number one, they're scarce. Mm. Right? I mean, I got lucky one month. I found like two or three of them. Okay? Mm. But that was rare. Number two, you got to put in the work. 
Right. right? You got to clean it up. You got to test it. Uh, and then number three, you know, it's a it's a listing game. It's yep. how good are your pictures? How good is your video? How good is your description? Is it price right? And so for me, it's it's definitely a bolo. It's going to take a little bit of more work, but it it's a. Re- I mean, I've sold them for about a hundred bucks a piece. So does it say Mister Christmas somewhere on it? Like when I'm looking at something, yeah, all items say Mister Christmas. So another one I sold was a Mickey Mouse tree topper. And it was Mickey Mouse on a reindeer, and he was like hopping along. Mm going around and i paid i think 13 for that one and i sold it for about 60 nice so if i can find it on, on my ebay i'll post it but you know again the video made it and, and and it was worn like it had like you know some wear some of the paint was off but people love that stuff mm. so that's a bolo so now that we're in the summer and no one's really caring about christmas definitely something to look out for nice yeah my bolo my i don't know if it's a great one because it's, I think it's one of those things where it's a great market when it works and probably bad if it doesn't. Uh, but I'm going to say vintage board games or just vintage games. Um, I've had pretty good success with some vintage games that I found. Uh, one, I, I I just grabbed a bundle together with another item. So that way, you know, I could doesn't look like I just found like the one expensive thing they had. Okay. You know, was able to. And it sold actually before my expensive item sold. And I, I made like 25, 25, 30 bucks, something like that on it. It wasn't great. So how do you it know it's vintage? Well, when you look at a lot of them, some of them it's brand, right? Like you can tell like if it's an old, old school brand. But a lot of times you turn around, you look at the back and you see what the, the copyright date was okay. on it. Okay. And when you see them and it's like from the 70s or the 80s, right? You're like, all right, you know, this might be one. And so you look it up. And if it's an obscure one, like... I. I don't know how well something like Monopoly would do, and I don't even think I would buy a used Monopoly game because it would be so difficult to count all of the different bills to make sure it's a complete item. Uh, but when it's something that's got, uh, you know, fewer items to count and it's kind of easy to tell whether it's complete or not, a little bit easier. Um, it, but I found this thing at a thrift store uh, yesterday, okay. and it was a talking bingo game. Interesting. And I don't even know how vintage it is because it's electronic, it's running, so it's probably from like the 90s, so it's not like super, super old. Okay. And I see it and it looks like it's new in package because it still has like some some wrap sealed around it. And I look up comps and comps are going for pre-owned, used condition, like 50 bucks. Really? New. Wow. I didn't even know that. Brand new, this item was going for... There wasn't even a new one sold on eBay. I saw like four of them on on Amazon. They're listed at one ninety nine, right? Wow. So I see this thing and I'm like, okay, I've got to get it. It was for a dollar fifty at the at the store. So I buy it. I take it home and I'm like debating: Do I open this packaging or not? Because it's already ripped a little bit. The 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 saran wrap stuff that's like over the top, um, the shrink wrap. And there was like a what I thought was another price tag, which it was that it looked like it was on the underside of the 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 shrink wrap so i thought maybe some other seller like shrink wrapped this thing and then oh, had I, a- i've i've i'm sorry i have purchased items at a thrift store i remember picking up like 30 of them at this thrift store and i'm like wow i'm going to score huge they thought they were all new yeah and then i asked the gal cuz i'm like this is too good to be true i go hey so do you guys like reseal these games and she said oh yeah we do we have a machine in the bag Look how oh, scary geez. that was. I would have sent those all to Amazon and oh. been suspended. Yeah, that would have been terrible. Anyways, okay, going back to your story. So I that was what my thing was here. Was like I was debating, do I open this? Do I not open it? And I realized it was like a piece of um, like packing tape that was over top of 
the saran wrap or the, the the shrink wrap. So I was trying to take that price tag off and ended up ripping part of the box. And I'm like, oh, okay, man. at this point, I've, I just got to open it, right? And so I open it. And unfortunately, they packaged this new item. They had like the try me now button. So I knew there were batteries in it. And this thing's like 25 years old or 20 years yeah. old or however old it is. And so the batteries I know are going to be terrible. So I open it up and they're it's corroded in there. They're really bad. So I spend some time cleaning up the the battery acid. To bring up some vinegar or something? Yeah, I used uh, like baking soda and oh, yeah, that's right. know, a little bit. Of, baking soda. So I used baking soda and then I used um, a little bit of like rubbing alcohol to like clean it up a little bit and it dries a little faster. You don't have to worry about it ruining the electronics. And I put some batteries in, test it, it works. So I was able to take pictures of it working. Uh, but all of the other components of this talking bingo are sealed, right? So like all of the markers and all the stuff are still in there, sealed. So I listed it as like like new, like I put the pictures of the corrosion where the batteries were, that it works. I showed the pictures of it working. Um, but even at that condition, they're selling for, you know, $50 for a old basically game, right? So uh, pretty happy about that. Yeah. That is, wow. That is intense. Yeah, so, so be on the lookout for for older board games, right? Especially if it's sealed, obviously it's a, that's a win. Um, if it's something that's like Monopoly that has 100 pieces, don't ever buy it. It's probably a bad idea. <laughs> no, because I've come across old board games, and I've never picked them up because every time I look at comps, the, it's always bad. The only one I've heard of is, you ever heard of Dark Tower? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that is the one that everybody talks about. Mm. And I've never, have you seen a Dark Tower? I haven't game? seen one out. Yeah. Right? Like it's impossible. So be on the lookout for that one mm. too, I guess. Yeah. Or and, and that being said, like I'm really into all of the kind of the niche board games that are kind of popular right now. Uh, so even any of those, right, that you find that that potentially at garage sales. I was at a garage sale not too long ago. Are you taking a picture of us? No, I'm uh, doing some Insta story right now. Yeah, all right. So we're recording our podcast and being Insta story. That's true, fantastic. True, true. Well, all right, keep going. Hopefully you're seeing us on both. <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, you know, I, I found uh, some niche board games that this this person had uh, that they were selling, and they wanted too much for them. Is the first time I found it. I was actually really excited because I, I literally have an entire – like bookshelf just full of board games. He, he really does, by the way. I've seen his bookshelf. Obsessed with board games. And you have one in a classroom too, right? Yeah, in my classroom. So I have uh, you are the one board at home. Game one king. I love, I, but not like Monopoly, right? Like it's got to be like the kind of niche Euro games. Most of them have been like Kickstarter, right? Like so they're pretty, they're really, really fringe games. Okay. Um, but I've, I've only been to one garage sale that have had those. Uh, but... I, I'm interested in board games, which maybe is why I'm drawn to like scanning them and looking them up when I'm at thrift stores, but I've done pretty good on them. So be on the lookout. You never know what you'll find. Okay, good. Now talk to me. We've, we've got kind of long, so we kind of, let's start talking about some, some things about next week or looking forward. What are some things you're looking forward to? Getting through my death pile. That's How it. many items do you have there? It, some people probably laugh at this because it's Wait, not this that was big. your thing last time. It was my last it? week. It's the same so thing. So we're doing it again? We're doing, I'm still looking forward to it, right? Got to aim high. Um, I bought new items, though, and those new items have been listed. He, so he, I haven't yeah, I want to give you a suggestion. to my death file. You know what I find is when I do these time-lapse videos that I put on Insta, mm. it makes me work. Really? Because I don't want to seem like I'm not completing my work. Mm. So... I would say you don't want the time lapse of you sitting there drinking a coffee, watching exactly. a TV show, for or, a like, while. or just like leaving and coming <laughs> back hours later. So my recommendation to you is just start the time lapse video. Just record it. Just record it, and you guys can hold me accountable. You can see me grab my son and feed him real quick, and then list some more items. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, I hope I hope you get through the death piles because I got to tell you, death piles are overwhelming. Yeah. What are you looking forward to next week? 
I am looking forward to organizing all my inventory. You're looking forward to it, or it's just something you have to do? <laughs> I have to do it, but I'm looking forward to it. So here's one bad thing I did. When I started this, when I would buy things at thrift stores, I'd keep the Goodwill bags and would put any shoes that I bought. Mm. After I listed them, I'd put them in the Goodwill bags. And so something would sell, and it was okay when I had, like, 50 shoes. It was still okay when I had 100 or 200. But when you get to the level where you have, like, three, 400, 500 or more, you are spending, you know, who knows? Sometimes it's a quick two minutes. Like today, I sold a pair of shoes, and I found them within two minutes. Mm. Other days, I've sold a pair of shoes. I posted this on Insta actually last week, a pair of Harley boots. One was in one toe, and one was in the other toe. And I couldn't tell because they were in Goodwill bags that aren't transparent. And I spent about 35 to 40 minutes looking for those boots. Time is money. Yeah. And it was hot and it was humid. And and my son's like, let's go. It was terrible. Yeah. If you guys have like a specific way that you inventory stuff and have got a good management system, uh, let us know. Like send us a picture of of how you do it. Maybe send us a tutorial. Uh, That's one of the things I'm planning on starting here pretty soon too is, is, you know, boxes and totes that are numbered and labeled and then keeping an Excel sheet of See, what items go into what tote number. And because, uh, I mean, with with fewer than 100 items in a store, it's not impossible because there's only six totes and a couple boxes and a couple shelves. But when it's thousands of items in a store. And yeah. that, that's my thing. I, what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to go through all the totes. I'm going to put and use clear bags for all of them. I, I've found so many shoes so Quickly. And I know some of you are like, Rolando, I can't believe just now yeah, you're doing this. It's obvious, right? Yeah, but, you know, I, I never expected it to grow this big. Mm. I never expected it to be a full-time reseller. So now it's time to get serious about organizing. So cool. that's what I'm looking forward hey, to. Hey, I'm looking forward to a time-lapse video of you organizing your inventory. Oh, man, I don't know if I want to go down the road. <laughs> hey, it, it motivates you to work, though. So there you go. It's good. Hey, so we're going to wrap this up. Hey, subscribe to us on YouTube. Find us on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. Follow us on Instagram, Pure Hustle Podcast, and also on Twitter, Pure Hustle Cast. We look forward to hearing from you. You got anything else to add? No, that's it. Make sure to to hit us up. We really appreciate your support, guys. Uh, Honestly, uh, we're doing this because we're hoping to provide some value to the community. Um, So if you have something, you know, some feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. If you're watching and listening, just thank you. Thank you for taking your time. We appreciate that. Uh, You guys are awesome. Make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Late. Peace.